0: Welcome to the Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast, the show in which people share their stories. This is the Survivor special, where survivors of physical, sexual, and emotional abuse come forward to share their experiences, thereby raising awareness and preventing the likelihood of it happening again. No further research has been done into these stories. And these episodes are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. On some of these episodes, names have been changed to provide some privacy to our dear guests sharing their very vulnerable and personal experiences. I'm Francisca, and you are listening to the No More Silence on The Francisca Show. Welcome to the No More Silence segment on The Francisca Show. Today with us, we have our first non-Jewish guest on this show, and I'm so excited to be opening up this platform to more than just uh, obviously there is abuse unfortunately in the overall world and i think it's important to start including uh, voices from all communities because this problem and this issue and challenge is is not exclusive unfortunately to any one particular community so thank you so much for giving me the honor and Coming on to our show to share your story today, Melissa Peska. It is such an honor to have you. And we'll start just like we start every other episode. I'll give you the mic and feel free to start wherever you feel your story begins.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And it's a pleasure to be here and to share my story and um, hopefully touch someone that they can realize that they're not alone um, and that they can find. Their peace and thrive in their life. Um, I am a mother of two, and I am a hairdresser of thirty-five years, so I have a lot of experience with talking to people. Um, and I was married for twenty-two years. Got married at twenty-one, and grew up in a. I grew up in a family of four, the youngest. Um, my mom was an alcoholic. My dad was a uh, non-believer <laughs> of it. Um, and so, you know, there was, there was issues there from the, from the get go. So I married at 21, uh, to a man that I thought was wonderful, um, only to find out later on, he was very narcissistic and, um, a lot of emotional abuse. Um, but you go through it thinking, oh, it's going to get better. We'll have a baby. Things will get better. We'll buy a house. Things will get better. You're always in such a high hope. And I always thought I was in love with him, but I think I just loved the idea of loving him, having a family, the whole nine yards. Um, he became, uh, he changed his careers. I'm not gonna say what type of career, um, but he changed careers to a very dominating career. And it kind of changed him a little bit as far as his narcissistic behavior of control. Um he had a very powerful position. So that enabled him to think he could use that power and um, control everything around him, including me, including our young son at maybe five years old, that started. Um, So, And he also was an alcoholic as well. So living that life, uh, it was just very detrimental. I did not find my healing until probably about uh, 10 years before we split. I always thought I would have nothing if I left him, because he told me, you'll have nothing. I'll take my paycheck and go. You'll be out on the streets. And so that scared me, and it made me think, oh, I got to stay now. So I found Reiki Healing, and that just opened up a whole new channel for me. It brought in confidence, it brought in self assurance, and it brought my whole body into alignment with what I needed to heal.
0: Before we go into that, I would just love to dive in a little deeper into what kind of things are said when you say emotional abuse? Like, okay. what? Because it's never one thing. It's usually, no. it, it's a combination and years of a certain message being ingrained. So yeah. whenever, with with sexual abuse, for example, very often it's very clear, it's a very defining moment when the line is crossed, even though it is so complicated in that case as well. But in emotional abuse, especially with someone you're supposed to be having a safe relationship with, Correct. how how does it go from one place to the other? And let's talk more about like what makes you stay in that relationship because there there are some benefits to staying to the relationship. So I'd like to just go deeper into that.
1: Okay. So for me, it was a manipulation of I'm not good enough. I'm not educated enough. I don't make enough money. And I needed him, which um, I allowed that to happen because I believed it. Um, I believed what what was being told to me. I subscribed to that. Um, as a child, I was a very heavy child. So my mom would always say she'd be so pretty if she'd lost weight. So those types of emotional uh, manipulation, if you will, are things that get ingrained in your mind. And you, you believe it because you have a trust. You built this trust with this person. And you believe it, why would they lie to you? You, you begin to question, well, it's got to be true because they love me. They say they love me. And you have, I like to call like these sunglasses on, the emotional sunglasses, because you don't even realize that it's happening until after the fact. It's like having an out-of-body experience once you look back. Because when you're going through that emotional abuse, you do not see it. You do not see it. And other people will see it and try to tell you but you're like no they love me and you know I do need to better myself or I am kind that was a dumb comment I made that were things that he would say to me he'd go you really didn't just say that did you that was really stupid why you know I I can't believe you just did that or I can't believe you said that because that's really stupid so I thought wow I lost all self-confidence in myself because I felt like I was stupid. I felt like I was ugly. Nobody else would ever love me. Nobody else would ever want me. Um, it was, I got no compliments. Um, and like I said, the manipulation of control was his key thing, having control. He would ask me what needs to be done and I'd tell him and then he'd say, don't tell me what to do. That was really, Twisting and confusing. We did therapy to bring these things out, and he never could see what was wrong with it um, because of his. It, narcissists have their own beliefs, and they they believe it because that's what they is not what what is ingrained in their thoughts. They believe that, and they really truly feel they are superior. So those were incidences that happened with me. Um, and bringing up instances that occurred with my mom to make me think I was just as bad, you know? With my son, it was a a child where you have to nurture that child and educate that child and teach them how to do things, where he would belittle that child. He would put that child down and make them feel unworthy and um, stupid is like the best word I can say, because that's just, that's how brutal it was. And the child would run away crying and he'd go, okay, go cry like a baby. Well, he kind of is a baby. That's upsetting to him. You hurt him. And it was just so gut-wrenching to see that child and that child grow up to not be what his father wanted him to be like, but he never nurtured him. It was like autopilot. You know, I want my son to be this, and my son turned out to be this, and what a disappointment. Um, So my son had to endure some of that and grow up to build his own self-confidence, also with my help. Um, Those were key issues. Um, Even to the point of controlling where I went and who who I was with, I involved myself with Um, uh, I did a lot of volunteer work for a local food pantry and even just going to the meetings, it was, we'd fight for a week and it, he'd make me feel like I don't want to do it anymore because we're going to fight. So it was a manipulation of if I wanted the house to be settled, I shouldn't do anything that's going to disrupt him. I couldn't have a conversation with him because it would upset him if I asked him to talk, he had nothing to say. And later on in in the years, finding out that he was conversing with other women, hence why we divorced, there was, you know, um, infidelity. And that was not, that was manipulated. We're just friends. It's not what you think it is. We're just friends. And it was, again, all the manipulation that went through trying to control my brain and it wasn't until I grew the stronger through my healing that I realized, no, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. This is true. This really is happening. And he's the one who's twisted with his thoughts. I have the accuracy. He had the manipulation of thoughts, but narcissists will do that. They will try to manipulate you into believing what they're believing. And I believe a lot of uh, abusers are narcissists. They definitely have that narcissistic behavior or they have a bipolarism or um, um, dual personality behaviors. There's so many different categorizations for their stereotypes, for for their, um, not stereotypes, but for their mental behavior, behavior. for their mental illnesses. Yes.
0: Yes. So I usually like to refer back to family so if you could give a little more context so when he said you have nowhere to go if you know you don't want to be here well wh- where are you going to be who's going to love you so was it an option ever for you to go back home to your family was what did that look like what was your support system or do you feel like because of your upbringing and the unstable situation that made you a target for someone who was looking to manipulate someone
1: Correct. Yes. I, um, I definitely had an excellent support system, even though there was the, the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Unstable is definitely a a key, but we did, we were a loving family. Don't get me wrong on that. We were a loving family. Just my mom had this, this issue and we all kind of shoved it under the rug, but I definitely had the support of and love of my family and friends. Um, it was all of them that were kind of standing and watching me go through this. And it was me making these decisions that I have to stay. There's, you know, there, there's, wh- what would I do if I left with these two kids? What would I do? And my hair salon, my business was in my home. So it was kind of like, okay, what do I do now then? How do I work? I had nowhere to work. So he had all these key things that was wonderful. One funny thing that he did, too, that kind of changed things dynamically as well in our household was he got rid of an SUV. We lived up north. He got rid of an SUV I used and bought a rear wheel drive car. So I couldn't go anywhere in the snow. I was kind of stuck home, but he could go everywhere he wanted to but I had to stay, I, I was stuck home because I couldn't drive that vehicle in the snow, safely anyway. Um, but I had definite support systems and I actually did uh, take off one time and brought the kids to my parents. Um, you know, And that became an issue too. You know, It was, uh, well, if you're gonna go, just go. There was threats that if you're gonna go, don't ever come back. Take what you want and go, don't come back. Um, that 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 was that was tough. You know, it was tough. And again, it was my choice to stay because of what the manipulation did. But I definitely had support all the way around, all the way around. And that I think upsets them as well too. And it kind of makes them worse because if they ever find out that you're talking about them behind their back, they they thrash out. You know, they definitely because they they feel like you're telling lies you're lying. So,
0: but I had an excellent
1: support system. Very.
0: At the time you had a very excellent support system. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I still do, but I don't have to deal with him anymore because we're divorced. So. (laughs) Well, for some people it doesn't end there, unfortunately, but yeah.
1: Uh, It didn't for us either. Um, It wasn't. Yeah. It it didn't for us either. There were many years that we went through these challenges and him still trying to manipulate me um, through the court systems, through, whatever through the the kids. Um and once the kids gained a little bit of age to their life and knowledge, they figured it out. They figured it out on their own. And ironically, he's going through a divorce right now and he's kind of seeing the other side of things. Karma, karma I guess has really hit home. And I feel bad for him. I really do. That's how that's how healed I am. I feel bad for the guy. I really do. We're we're like friends now and, and it's wonderful but I still don't trust him wholeheartedly. Um, But no, I had excellent support system because yes, his his behavior, his manipulative behavior will never end. It won't, even though he's nice now.
0: Yeah, makes sense. And it's beautiful to hear. So I have two questions. I'm not sure which one I should ask first. So I'll just throw both out and we'll run with it. The first one is, As you went into discussing narcissistic behavior and patterns, I can just imagine somebody who's narcissistic thinking they were abused by the other party because that's how it's ingrained in them and they believe it so wholeheartedly. So how can someone listening to this who might be narcissistic not take that they're being abused when they're the ones who are abusing? (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. suddenly like a red flag that went up. And I'm like, I know many people listen to this segment and I'm trying to bring awareness and positive change. And I don't want to ignite negativity, which of course is impossible, but.
1: Right. Well, first off, I don't know so much as if a narcissist would even have the interest to listen to a podcast like this or, or, you know, because they don't they don't think they're doing anything wrong so they're not going to seek out um, help or question their behavior because when we were sitting in the therapist after his eight month affair he asked what what do you want from him to make this marriage work and i said i want him to put in as much effort into our marriage as he did into his affair for eight months hiding it and his answer was it really wasn't that difficult so When I, when I say that, so to back up to start, that answer is they're not going to be seeking this out. The person who's going to be seeking this out is the person who wants to heal and who wants to change. They never want to change because they don't want to see their behavior because their behavior, if they see that it's failure to them. And there is no, there's no room in their life for the word failure because they are success. They are the image of perfect. They know it all. They can do it all. And everybody is below them. So um, it's very rare that you will find a narcissist who goes, wow, light bulb, I need help. I need to change. I'm not good. It's very rare. Um, It can happen. Well, I meant so.
0: Right, but let's say they are listening because it sounds interesting to them, or maybe they got into their head that somebody's abusing them.
1: Okay, so if they think they're being abused.
0: But it's good news for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they're not yeah. listening to this, I feel great. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's not your focus. If they think that they're being abused, my I'm not a psychologist, but my in my opinion on that is if they think okay so i'm going to i'm going to flip myself to think in his terms um he's still going to manipulate it i think he's still going to manipulate the fact see they well they always think that they're not the cause of it you know like he thought i was the cause of it why do i have to upset this why do i have to ask a question why do i always have to think something's wrong why do I always have to question his motives? Why do I always have to question what he does? So in a way, one, part one is, yes, they do think they are being abused. Okay. And part two, they don't see that their abuse is the reason that the person they're abusing behaves the way they do. I always said, what did I do wrong? What did I do? Why are you so mad at me? What did I do? Again, I'm thinking I did something to him when all I did was love him and try to behave and try to, you know, and I, by no means I'm saying perfect. I am not perfect. There are so many things that I see that, yes, I probably did abuse him in, in some ways because it's a reaction to his
0: action. It's uh, not me starting it. I wasn't accusing you whatsoever. No, no, no. no, I, no right. but,
1: but I want to clarify too, for people who are, are healing through this, that you can see that what your behavior, like you may say, well, I hit him or I threw something at him. Okay. That's, that's a reaction and you are not in your right frame of mind. So you're going to react this is part of the healing and the getting through this is learning how to react in a way that's dignified and in alignment with who you are, who you want to be, because you're got You have to go from a, abuse, being abused and not having your own mental frame of mind to getting your strength, getting your courage, getting your confidence and that all takes reprogramming your brain you have to reprogram your brain to think you're not doing anything wrong even though you may see behavior you used to do i used to punch walls okay i used to punch walls i I used to slam doors so hard they'd come off their door jam because i was reacting to him i'd scream at him i'd scream at my kids I would lash out at anybody because it was, I was reacting. I was acting out because I was frustrated. I'm not saying that one person creates this or one person starts it. It's, it's a dynamic and it's a flow. When we got married, he wasn't necessarily a narcissist, but his upbringing was neglect. The, the category of his upbringing for abuse because he was abused. Um, his upbringing was neglect. His father never paid attention to him, okay, so he thought that was accurate behavior and that was okay behavior and he took it a step further to judge and criticize and belittle so his his own healing needs to be done to heal his past, and that is basically the only way a narcissist is going to heal and change is to view their domestication, their, their family dynamics. Does that answer your question?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so you mentioned a little bit about when you married him, he wasn't a narcissist, but would you say looking back, were there any signs that anyone who might be going through either dating someone new or, and they just want to know, or their children are dating and they want to know what to look out for?
1: Okay. Yeah. We, we fought a lot. We fought a lot we fought the week of our wedding you know i'm surprised we didn't fight the day of our wedding um and my mom tried to get me to back down a little bit she's why don't you put the wedding on hold and go away think about it um because i would complain so much and the ironic thing is too that i i see that in one of my kids relationships as well and all i keep expressing is Make sure you think about this. A person's behavior, a person's personality at this age probably won't change. So when I see the signs in them, I think, oh boy, I don't want them going down the path I went down. Um, Looking back on my relationship, there were signs um, arguing, like I said, all the time. Um, All of a sudden, that person will withdraw. And I don't want to stigmatize it to be only a male dominating thing because there are female narcissists out there as well. So when one person's behavior changes from being very outgoing to kind of being withdrawn, um, they don't go anywhere unless the other party wants to go to. I ended up going a lot of places by myself. And then I would go home and I'd pay for that. I would get lashed out That would you go and talk about me? What did you tell everybody that I didn't want to go? And I was like, no, I just said you were busy or you didn't feel like it or you were tired. I made up some lie. They start lying to cover up for that person instead of coming right out and saying, No, he was being a jerk and didn't want to come. So I came without him. Those are those are definite characteristics um, that I did. When a when a couple comes together, it should be a mutual thing. It should be um, shared likes um, shared activities those types of behaviors is is a good relationship having great communication um being able to problem solve in their relationship so when those those good qualities start to break down and you can see it from an outsider's point of view those are definitely red flags um to either check in i think a lot of parents nowadays um check in more with their with their kids how's things going? Um, you guys getting along okay? You doing okay? You know, you can talk to me. I'm always here for you. I won't judge. You know, it's your life. It's your relationship. I just care. And I want to make sure you're happy. Those are types of things to help open up a door for those, for those people. Keeping the lines of communication open. Um, like I said earlier, I did have good communication, good support um, with my parents, and my family. So I was able to talk about that. Um, but definitely those are some red flags. Um, obviously if it's physical abuse, you're, you're going to, you're going to see most of the time, the physical abuse, um, emotional abuses, sadness, crying, um, just change in behavior, I think is the most important one. Cause you will see that you will definitely see change in behavior.
0: Yeah. Wow. Those are really helpful nuggets or behaviors to look out for. So can you take us through the day that the healing or the aha moment started for you Mm -hmm. where you're like, this is not okay. I am, I deserve better. Let me start my journey on finding support and healing.
1: I found Reiki and I started doing that. And
0: that that so changed my life. How did you find Reiki? You saw a flyer somewhere um, and it connected? Nope.
1: A very good friend of mine um, that I had known for about four years at that point, she was involved in it. Maybe even less than that, but she, I, she was involved in it. So she gave me a session and I felt so good afterwards. I said, I have to have this. It like it was like a light bulb went off in my head.
0: So for anyone and who doesn't know what Reiki is, can you give us?
1: It's that? It's energy healing. Um, it's life force energy. Um, it heals mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. It is done, um, on a massage table. It's, it's either touching or not touching and it's healing the chakras and it's calling in the life force energy from the universe through me. I'm a conduit through me to the person for their highest and greatest good to heal what needs to be healed in any four of those categories. Um, so it it goes in and, and, like I like to say, it kind of re, reprograms everything and puts everything back in alignment. It's like getting a chiropractic adjustment, okay, for, for your soul, for your spirit. There's three attunements. So I started getting my attunements. I got my first and I got my second. And actually, believe it or not, my ex got his first attunement as well because he kind of was joining me on that journey. He thought it was great. <clears throat> then he hit the dark side. So my, my aha moment was my intuition also grew as I grew spiritually. Um, I had crystals around me. I journaled, um, journaling was a huge facet for me because I journaled every single night. I had a history of everything that I was feeling. And for 10 years, 10 years, I would go to bed at night, checking his phone records I'd sleep probably from one o'clock to four o'clock. He worked nights and I would check his phone. I would do this constantly, constantly. I lived on such high adrenaline. It wasn't even funny. I did that for 10 years and I kept telling myself that all these red flags I was seeing about infidelity and his behavior and his abuse was just my imagination until one day. I got a phone call, I got a Facebook message that said they knew me and he was having an affair with her niece. And I went, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, can't be, can't be." And then everything just started flooding back to me. It, I, I needed, I knew it was there, I knew it was there because my intuition was telling me, but I didn't want to believe it. And then I got this, this confirmation because I'd been asking for that confirmation. I got it. I shut down my entire Reiki practice. I didn't meditate. I didn't do journaling. I didn't do anything for one year because I freaked out. And then I had the faith and I believed it. I had confirmation. I had all this. I had all that. We split up this and that. So my aha moment was, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with this. We. I asked for a divorce. We split up. Uh, I called him back, said, I don't know if I did this right. We got together again. And I went, no, <laughs> that's it. It's done. It's all over. And it felt like I went to bed one night and this thing came off my chest, this heaviness. I woke up the next day and I was like, Ah, oh, I could breathe. I'm confident. It was like overnight, but it was through finding myself a lot of abused victims through this trauma, lose themselves. They have no clue who they are anymore because now they're not, I wasn't Melissa. I was his girlfriend, his fiance, his wife, their mother. That was it. I didn't know who I was anymore. So it wasn't until I was 42 years old that I realized who I was and I'd been with him since 17. So 42 was my wake up, my wake up My birthday, whatever you want to call it, that I realized I deserve better and I am a good person. And there are tons of people around me that love me and think I'm worthy of that. So that one person, I let go. I let go because it clicked. And it could be different for anybody, it it could be so different. Um, It could be, you know, you just, you hit rock bottom. It's like an alcoholic when they hit rock bottom, that's when they realize that's their aha moment. They, they hit rock bottom. That's where they come back. That's where they have to find their healing and, and do work. And when I had my aha moment, it was overnight, but it also took a lot of work to heal from that. Met somebody. Yes.
0: Yeah, so met somebody. What did that look like? The healing, the healing, um,
1: the healing was a lot of reading. Um, it was funny. It was like somebody took over my body. Now like I said I'm very spiritual, but anybody who has faith in any any denomination of religion or faith, just faith, period. Okay, um, it it takes a it takes a release. You have to like give in to it. And you have to have that faith because you can't have faith and fear in the same book. You just can't. I read everything that I could read. I stayed home. I like became a hermit. Um, I couldn't even have a glass of wine. I, I just, it was like I needed to be cleansed. It was, it, was, it was very, very spiritual. I met a man. I decided I wanted to start dating. I met somebody while I was going through, through the divorce. He was a very, very influential person in my life. Very. Um, And his mom was the person who brought me to my master level of Reiki and being able to teach it and brought me to my healing and independence. And I for that I thank him. We never, we didn't connect, we didn't stay together, but it was through him that it was a spiritual divine intervention for me to meet her. That brought me even further up the ladder. Like, it's like going up the ladder of, of healing. Again, doing more reading, doing more, getting in touch with myself. I kind of shut the world out in order to go inside and find myself. And it wasn't until I actually said, you know what? I don't care if I'm alone for the rest of my life. I love me. I have beautiful people around me. And all I care about is spending my life with my kids and myself because I finally love myself. I finally grew through educating myself about trauma, about emotional, mental trauma, about narcissistic behavior, about alcoholism, about all of that is what I just dove into. And I learned and I healed myself. And he came like it, like I said it was I said I don't care if I'm a re- alone for the rest of my life as long as I have my kids my dog I'm happy'm I'm, I'm great I met my fiance he appeared just out of the blue fell in love and I hit rock bottom two months three months after I got so sick I was sleeping all the time I couldn't eat Thanks. I um went went to numerous medical doctors and I found a holistic practitioner who finally helped me understand what was going on in my life. And what was happening is my adrenals went into failure because I lived on such high adrenaline for 10 plus years. Once I became settled and happy, I didn't know what the hell was going on. My body shut down. So I healed through that, through naturopath everything. It was an awakening. It was great. And I feel like I have so much control over my own person. I don't want to say my life because nobody does, but my own person and how I react, how I act and how I allow, how I allow good things to come to my life through the gratitude that I have now.
0: Wow. I love how you said, In control of my person versus my life. That's a beautiful way to phrase it. I definitely want to use that. Also, what I love how you described here is that when something good or goodness starts happening after so much time of just being in an unhealthy situation, it doesn't even register as something good. Right. You have to heal through good coming in. It's so often People start making change in their life and they don't see great results right away. And they'll be like, see, so it's not good. The abuse or the abusive relationship was better. I was happy. I was on adrenaline. I love how you used adrenaline to describe it because that happy or exciting, the change of behavior may look exciting and great, but it's really covering up for adrenaline and survival mode.
1: Exactly. Yeah your adrenals are in high impact. Like, I think your adrenals are supposed to be at like 49. There was a, a pinpoint thing that he he used. I forgot exactly the, the way he measured um, points in my body. Your adrenals are supposed to be at like 49. Mine were at 18. Wow. So I was like in medical adrenal failure. But one thing too I want to stress is and people think I'm crazy when I say this, is I have intense gratitude for everything that that man put me through. And I don't just say him, me me too. I did a lot to myself as well, and it, it takes two. However, I have gratitude for all that I went through because if I did not go through that, I would not be sitting here talking to you today and have the knowledge that I have and have the passion to get my story out there, to try to help people. And I've been a life coach for seven years. And I just, in the last six months, put this program, this coaching program together to help people overcome this. Why? Because it just finally realized to me how I did this and where I came from and how. It it, it clicked. It was like, oh my God, this is how I did it. This is what happened. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, it's it's crazy to say I have gratitude, but everything that we go through in life is a lesson. It may seem like you are you are at the, the short end of the stick, but have faith, have a positive attitude about it. And in the end, you're gonna turn around, you're gonna look back and you're gonna go, well, that was difficult, but I'm still here. I made it through.
0: Yeah. yeah. And last week was Thanksgiving and I posted a quote. I wish I remembered who wrote it. It's not the happy people who are grateful. It's the grateful people who are happy.
1: That is so cool. I love that. That is. Yeah, that is so So cool.
0: You you live by that. If anyone wants to reach out to you or if there's any words of advice you'd like to share.
1: Um. Yeah, definitely. um, I can definitely be found on Melissa Peshka, um, Melissa Bashan Peshka at Facebook. um, And also my practice is called Essential Life Mastery Coaching and Healing. I have a Facebook, I have a website of that. And I also have a Facebook group, Thriving Survivors of Emotional Mental Trauma. And um, I can be reach through just about any way. Um, I will answer my phone. I will answer a text. I will answer an email. However, you want to get in touch to find out more about me. Um, I also have my eight-week coaching program, The um, Art of Thriving, Becoming the Master of Your Life. And ART stands for Acknowledge, Accept, Release, Transform, and Thrive. And that's exactly how I did it. It was a long journey, but it was well worth it. And believe it or not, I think my ex-husband actually looks up to me now. (laughs) As ironic as that sounds, but I think he does. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me, it makes me happy. It doesn't make me proud. It makes me happy that he finally gets it because I hate to see anybody suffering. I would not wish, I would not wish ill will on even my worst enemy. So The word hate is not in my vocabulary except to say I hate uh, Brussels sprouts or something like that, or, you know, hate to see sadness, but yeah, no,
0: but yeah, I can be reached anyway. Okay. Thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on the show and sharing your story, being vulnerable and allowing for other people to learn from your story.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And it was a pleasure and just people know you can be healed. You can be absolutely.
0: Thank you so much for listening until the end. And if you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, and leave us a good review. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, please do reach out to me at k at gmail.com. This Francisca Show podcast hosts a No More Silence special on abuse once a month. However, do check in on other weeks for interviews with female Jewish creatives.